Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to today's podcast, where we will be discussing the smiley face killer theory. I'm joined here today by Will and Cole, and my name's Andy. We're your hosts for today. How you doing, boys? Excited to talk about some killers today. I'm doing splendid. I am so excited. Well, I'm glad you guys are both excited because I am also very excited to talk about the the smiley face killer theory, which was first, um, well, first of all, it's just a theory, right? No one knows if if they're real or not, which makes it uh, a little bit scarier. But it was first, um, let's say, discovered in 2008 by two retired New York detectives, uh, Kevin Gannon and Anthony Duarte, as well as Dr. Lee Gilbertson, who is a criminal justice professor and gang expert at St. Cloud University in 2008. So, Will, what is the smiley face killer theory? The smiley... You said Will, right? The smiley face killer theory is a theory of killers who go after uh, usually college males who do well in school and are usually quite wealthy. And these these victims have been found in lakes, oftentimes uh, drugged with GHB. And near the uh, near the scene of the crime, there's smiley face graffiti drawings. And this links the killers together. Also, since 2008, they have found evidence and most notably expanded their database of potential victims to 335 different cases. Andy, do you want to talk a little bit about what GHB is, like Will said? Ah, yes, I'd be happy to do. I'm no expert, but I know that GHB is a prescription-needed drug. It is also a depressant, and it is used for getting high. It's a drug similar to ecstasy, let's just say that. Uh, very popular among the the party goers, and I think most importantly, it is a date rape drug, which is used to facilitate uh, rape in 99.9% of, of rape cases. So uh, let's just say overall, it's a not, not a very good drug, but uh, the smiley face killers supposedly use it to, they suppose they intoxicate, intoxicate their victims with it after parties, after they get drunk, and GHB is also very dangerous when mixed with alcohol. Yeah, it can cause uh, lots of memory loss, which is why um, many of the deaths that are recorded are as accidental drownings because they just believe that it was some stupid college student who made the decision to mix alcohol with GHB and it ended badly. Right, and I mean, but like a question that goes through my head is there's potentially... 335 different cases. So how can 335 different cases be just like disbarred by the police if they all have at least something in common like the 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 smiley faces that are left at the scene of the crimes after each one? I believe the police just kind of pushed them off as some stupid college kid college kid got too drunk and drowned in a lake or pool or whatever they fall into. I mean, yeah, but that would that w- I feel like that'd be good for maybe 10 or 15, but when it's happening across 11 different states with 335 potential cases found by the the two retired New York detectives and Dr. Lee Gilbertson, I feel like the police would draw more attention to it. Yeah, I completely agree. But I'd like to talk about some of the of the starting of what we think started the Smiley Face Killers, such as Keith Hunter Jesperson who was born in 1955. He was a serial killer who used the smiley face symbol 
on his letters to the police and prosecutors. And there's one more person born in 1952, Robert Lee Yates, who was also a serial killer, who used plastic bags with smiley face printed on them to cover the heads of the victims. Now, we believe that these serial killers, who were long ago, um, we know for a fact that they were caught, which is very, very good. They're in for a lifetime in jail. Um, we believe that they might have started this sort of movement, you may call it, of the smiley face killers. Because at the scene of the crimes in... In a bunch of different cases, you see a smiley face somewhere near the body of water where the bodies were were found. Do you guys think that uh, the 335 cases that he claimed to have killed the people, do you think he actually killed 335 people, or do you think he's just saying that for attention? Hmm. I don't know if it's a single person. <coughs> that's That's like part of the question, you know? Um, I don't believe that a single human being could get away with 335 different murders in di- in different bodies of waters all by himself. So I believe he either has help on the way while he does it, or um, it's it's a group of people like a a gang or a, a cult per se. I think it started off with a few guys like Keith Hunter Jesperson, and then I think it turned into a large number like 335 cases. Not through a group, like a cult-like group, more just like other killers kind of like being inspired by the smiley faces and linking each other together. What do you think about that, Eddie? Well, the thing is with um, Keith Hunter Jesperson, he claims to have killed as many as 185 people, although um, he only has eight confirmed kills. So he's only confirmed He's only killed eight people, which is definitely, like, one man can definitely do that all by himself. But the fact that 185, he's confessed to 185, like, that that's mind-blowing that one person can do that in his lifetime. Take 185 lives and, and just not get caught until the 185th, allegedly. Yeah, and I think it's very possible that maybe just a few people followed in... Hunter Jesperson's uh, footsteps and became the smiley face killers because if it's true that he killed 180 people imagine what maybe like a group of five did they could have 335 different cases yeah five people could definitely get a lot of like kills together like if what uh Keith Jesperson did 185 by himself imagine what five could do so five five's definitely enough yeah I, I will I agree maybe with even more than enough yeah what do you guys think the smiley face killers, if they're even real, what was their motive for killing people? Um, so we know that they usually went after, like their MO was killing people who were college age, rich, basically drunk jocks. Basically people who are on the sports team going out to drink for a night. So maybe, maybe they are mad that they did not make the team when they were little. Or college age, so maybe they're taking it out on rich drunk guys. I think you're not far off. I don't think it's that they're not on a sports team. I think it's that they didn't have money to go to college or get great like opportunities that some of these wealthier families may have given their uh, children. Uh, yeah, I think I I agree more with Will. Although Cole's point very very good, and uh, nonetheless, 
Um, but I, I agree with Will was saying, like, the the killers may not have been as privileged as as the people that they're killing, and therefore they're jealous or they're they're kind of mad maybe if these white privileged uh, college aged males didn't like amount to anything. If you get what I'm saying, like they didn't do anything with their lives, even though they were given all these opportunities that these other people weren't. So maybe that was their motive. Is like, look, this guy's gotten everything he's ever wanted. He's he's done this. He's gotten into a good school. His mom and dad pay for everything. He's got he got a car when he was 16. As soon as he got his license, or whatever, and the killers are just like, and he's not he's done nothing with it. N- nothing with his life so far. So it's like, re- so it's like revenge for like wasted opportunity and the privilege that he received. Or it could possibly be a lot simpler than that. I mean, people who would kill 335 people would not maybe think this clearly. They might just be doing it just to do it, maybe. But like, why why would you do it just to do it? Like, okay, I, I understand that, like, a serial killer's mind is mind-boggling because it's just, it's, I, like, I, I can't understand it at all. But why, like, it, it's hard to explain because, like, why would you kill 335 people just, just for fun, you know? Um, you know, that's a good question. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily for fun, but I think if you're killing that many people, you do get some sort of uh, evil joy out of it. But I guess there's no. <laughs> no, I would not okay. know, fortunately. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I definitely think that um, there's not really a a 100% way to know what their motive was, you know? You know what I'm saying, Andy? I, I yeah, I understand what you're saying. You have anything I to add? I also understand what you're saying. They may not be <laughs> the most right in the head. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad we all agree <laughs> in that sense. Okay, I have the big question here for, for you guys today. Before we read a story from the Rolling Stone, there's one big question that I want to ask both of you. Are they real? 100%. Will? I think they're real, but I don't think that they were meant to be a group. I think Keith Hunter Jesperson was trying to do his own thing. People stole his flow. Okay. So he he inspired people, and then people just went on killing sprees without, without really knowing that they were part of something bigger. Yeah, I think it's very possible that that is the case. I think that it could also be just like people who are murderers out in the world they they just kind of follow it the symbol of a smiley face at a murder scene is kind of like i don't know their their flag or whatever you know what i mean i think it's kind of similar to like the joker how like they're both killers but they go with like the happy smiley look right i mean it, it would also make sense like think about it from from a criminal standpoint right if you i look this is all hypothetical all right i just want to get that straight um, if you were to kill someone and you want no suspicion whatsoever and you know that this theory is, is an actual thing, why not use it to your advantage? Because you can draw a smiley face on the scene of the crime and they're going to be like, we have no idea who this is because there, there are across 11 states, 335 people. We have absolutely no idea who this might be. So who who knows? Would it be a good cover-up? It seems like it'd be a very good cover-up because these have been tokened as accidental drownings. So I guess if you wanted to get away with murder, you could just use, like, kind of the same GHB plus drowning technique 
to get away with it. I think that could work, but I don't. I don't think there'd be. There's many uh, like, like fake version of this done. Like, not as a part of the same motive. Because they could do that, but these smiley face killers aren't like world known or like super renowned. So I doubt that someone who has that in their mind knows much about them. But they might. That I I understand what you're saying, but wouldn't someone who has killing on their mind want to maybe look into something like this so that they don't get caught? Because, I mean, I assume that the killers don't want to get caught. I'm sure there could be some cases of that, but I don't think there'd be many. Now a word from our sponsors, the Goo Legume. Do you want the taste of creamy legumes in your mouth? Well, here is the answer. The PB&J Shooter. To have fun with sandwiches and fun with your friends, only $19.99 plus a $5 monthly payment. Get Goo Legoom today. Thank you, Goo Legoom. Who doesn't like a tasty PB&J sandwich? That's right. Who doesn't like one except if you're allergic to one? But that's besides the point. Now we're going to read to you guys a story by the Rolling Stone about an alleged smiley face killer murder in 2009. When 24-year-old William Hurley called his girlfriend the night of October 8, 2009, all he wanted was to go home. The Navy veteran, who had been attending a Boston Bruins home game, asked Clara Mahoney to pick him up early, explaining that he was tired from a long day of work as a greenskeeper. While on the phone with Mahoney, Hurley wanted that his, warned that his cell phone battery was low. When she asked for his exact location, someone in the background yelled, 99 Nashua Street, before the line went dead. Minutes later, Mahoney arrived at that address, but Hurley was nowhere to be found. Six days later, his body was found in the Charles River. The cell phone from which he'd made that final call smashed nearby. Hurley's death was eventually ruled an undetermined drowning, with the police stating that they found no evidence of foul play. Yet people who were close to Hurley, including Claire Mahoney, have disputed these claims, pointing out to his damaged cell phone, as well as injuries indicating blunt force trauma, and a toxicology report that found high levels of GHB, commonly known as the date rape drug. In fact, Hurley and McNeil are part of what the now-retired Gannon, fellow former NYPD detective Anthony Duarte, and criminal justice professor Lee Gilbertson have called an epidemic of college-educated young white men who have disappeared from nights out with friends and were later found dead in local rivers. Like Hurley's death, most of these cases have been ruled accidental or undetermined drownings, with many blamed on alcohol consumption. But since 2008, Gannon, Duarte, and Gilbertson have, yar- have argued that these deaths are instead the work of gang-like organizations of domestic terrorists. What has been coined the smiley face killers because of happy face graffiti found at reported crime scenes. According to the trio, these men didn't drown, but were instead targeted, kidnapped, and murdered by dangerous criminals who remain at large and continue to kill. The detectives believe the crimes are motivated by jealousy and reflect a coordinated effort to go after men that the killers perceive to be privileged, who Gannon characterized as the best of the best. Okay, so this this story backs our claim about... um, About when we said that the killers were, the killer's motive was was jealousy, per se. Yeah, it sounds almost exactly what we said about how they target people who are uh, very privileged. Yeah, I'm wondering how this was ruled, this specific case of um, uh, 
what's his name? William Hurley. I'm just wondering how this case was ruled off as an undetermined drowning, especially once Claire Mahoney disputed the claims, pointing to his damaged cell phone and his blunt force trauma as like an indication that he was actually targeted. Right. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how the police can put off something like that. I understand um, about the GHB, right? He might he might use it to, to get away because as, as it said, he was a, a Navy veteran, correct? Yes, he was a, he was a Navy veteran <coughs> working as a greenskeeper. Um, so I can understand why he might want to use GHB to maybe get away from his potential PTSD from his time in the Navy. Um, but I don't understand how they can overlook something like blunt force trauma and the and the, the damage done to his cell phone. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I think the GHB and cell phone could both just be like uh, some drunk guy at a bar. But I think the blunt force trauma clearly shows that it wasn't just him falling into a lake. Yeah, and I don't think it was purposeful either on his part as maybe written off as like a suicide or something like that from a Navy vet suffering from PTSD. Because it says that Claire Mahoney was asked by the Navy veteran William Hurley to get picked up early, and they had a call, so he he knew that she was coming, so he wouldn't have done anything like that or anything irrational. I, I, I completely agree with you there. The only question I have, though, is that we said earlier that their their MO were white privileged males, right? Um, I don't understand... Or n- not that I don't understand, is that I'm questioning, is William Hurley a privileged male? He's a Navy veteran of t- who's 24 years old and works at a gr- greens- works sorry as a greenskeeper. None of that, to me, sounds like he is uh, a privileged m- white like male. I think it might go along with like the uh, like along with white privileged males. I think it's also like the white like jocks, and I assume like. Usually, veterans are in good shape, but they're still young. So I think that he just looked like what his t- potential target is, even though he may not actually be. Or it possibly could have been maybe a smiley face killer with a different MO who also used the smiley face. Maybe he was just going after a different person that time. Right. I, w- I want to go back to what Will said about he he looked like the type of target uh that the smiley face killers would go after um i i can kind of picture william in my head um but that's that's saying that he was killed by the smiley face killers because he was privileged how how does it, how do the smiley face killers actually know if someone's privileged or not like what what are those like kind of boundaries i think they just usually go to like popular like bars and stuff where they see a lot of uh drunk people coming out um vulnerably and usually they just go for like the white athletic ones usually at like rich colleges often too yeah i don't think they would go into much depth maybe in because when you're a murderer it's kind of like a kind of like an urge you're not mentally all there if you're murdering especially as many people as this gang has so maybe it's just they, it's the first guy that they see who maybe carries himself as a jock, and maybe they just go after that guy. Well, we're going to leave that up to you guys for further interpretation because, honestly, we're not 100% sure if they're real or not. But it's been a blast hanging out with you guys. Thank you, Will and Cole, for joining me today. 
in this podcast about the Smiley Face Killers. We'll see you next time. Make sure to use your promo code SmileyFaceKillers at checkout when buying your next Goo Legume PB&J gun.